Welcome to Ngahire Talks, the show where we talk about, nah, we don't even know yet. We're just trying to figure it out, but come along for the journey. This is season one, the pre-season. So kia ora everybody, welcome to our very, very first podcast. My name is Manoa and I am your host today and I have here with me the incredible Lynn Lawton. Why don't you say kia ora Lynn? Kia ora. So uh, why don't you, before we get started, Lynn, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Great, okay, well, uh, I'm a person who is passionate about the arts, and in particular, not that I'm an artist myself, but working with creatives and helping them to find their sense of journey and their purpose and sustainability. And when I think about sustainability, I'm not just thinking primarily of financial. It's like how I sustain and nurture myself and be real to myself in this world and find my place as a creator. And obviously... Financial is an important part of it, but it's not the main driver. Yeah, awesome. I can hear your audio dipping out a little bit, so I'm just going to check these yeah. cables. Yes, I noticed that as well. Yeah, we'll try from here. Um, but it's awesome to have you here. Lynn and I met super briefly a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago at a workshop in Wellington with the Ministry for Arts, Culture and Heritage. And we were talking about the topic of sustainable careers for creatives. Yeah. Um, which was quite interesting. Um, but it's choice to have you out here today, Lynn, and I thought I would love to pick your brains a little bit more about Go someone who's right been away. in the creative sector for a long time. 18 years. 18 years in Aotearoa and in other parts of the world um, and what it's like to actually make a living and a prosperous living as a creative in Aotearoa. Great. I'm not a artist myself but I am creative in terms of developing and sustaining creative spaces that facilitate creatives to achieve and realize their dreams and working one-on-one or in group with creatives helping them to identify what is their pathway uh, to sustainability both financially and in terms of their own person and values. Sustainability creatively requires three partners. It requires government, requires industry and the actual person. And it's been a long time since we've actually worked at that level in New Zealand. At the moment, it's like we're trying to tweak things. Whereas in the past, you go back to the early 2000s during the Helen Clark um, era, there was more of a triangular approach to how we did things. I'll give you an illustration of that. For example, in the music industry, uh, there was the funding of musicians at many levels to help them towards sustainability. There was the funding... Uh, to provide ability to record music videos, uh, funding to do albums, etc., like that, that came from government. On top of that, radios had to provide uh, so much time each day allocated to New Zealand music. And then you had the musicians and all those associated with that industry able to uh, work within that environment to achieve a level of sustainability. And we had a really amazing time in the early 2000s, like, the music industry that's been long since gone um, we find in New Zealand now you have Creative New Zealand and other funding agencies but so little money goes down to the grassroots it stays up very much at the higher level there's little strategy out there that is looking at embracing industry government and creatives it's all usually one-sided and that is what we're really lacking today in order to develop a sustainability in the creative sector. A triangular approach 
that works at all those levels. Man, there's so many things that you said that I want to <laughs> dig a little bit deeper into. But, I mean, why do you think that the government doesn't invest in, in it the way it did before? Like, Is it around the, about the creative sector or is it just about politics? It's a really interesting question. I think there's a number of answers to it. Back in the 2000s, you had a person, Helen Clark, and a group of people working with her that were passionate about the creative sector. They're also very strategic and forthright in the way they work. They saw things and they just made courageous steps to make a difference. Like the decision by Helen Clark to suddenly provide an opportunity within the work and income unemployment sector to streamline creatives into a pathway called PACE, Pathways to Arts and Cultural Employment, where they didn't have to get a job that they could do, but they could really pursue and develop their creative practice for up to a year back then. And even then to be funded into some level of self-employment was an amazing initiative that was really grassroots and did a lot right throughout New Zealand to nurture that. Throughout New Zealand back there, there would have been about 15 providers that worked in that area with different levels of success as they were trying to develop that uh, back then. Um, when we moved from labour to national, there was a focus more on the financial and less in the creative, and it was seen not as a priority and a focus of putting money into. And you have to nurture something like the creative to get it there, and you've got to have a strategy that is long-term. Before Helen Clark uh, finished they were actually beginning to discuss with different creative agencies and organisations in New Zealand how to roll out a creative internship program that actually transitioned people from tertiary into sustainable employment. Foundation North funded a number of um, organisations in Auckland to undertake research over 18 months and really robust um, results were discovered from that and documented and it went nowhere. It just sort of sits there still on the dusty shelf. Helen Clark came into our organisation, Depot Art Space, on a number of occasions and discussed at depth with us about how we might develop and roll out an internship programme. And, and the reason why that is so critical, and even today, I mean, it's, it's not even being discussed today, although it was actually in the uh, Labour Party's um, political uh, platform uh, back, you know, before they were elected, to have internships, creative apprenticeships. The reason that's so critical is that if you look in particular at um, our creative graduates today, uh, particularly in the digital area, right from animation to design to um, you know, architecture, everything that falls under that digital area, which is huge. Um, so many of those, it's a bit like a uh, the bell curve. You get some come out who are at the leading edge who have no difficulty. They're at the top of the game, get jobs right away. Yeah. You get the main group there in the middle who are who are talented, but they need opportunity to refine their skills and make them workable uh, and applicable in a work environment. They need a placement, a place where they can do that. An internship in industry would both grow their skills as grow those businesses and actually expand a whole industry. But this is something that's not even looked at at the moment um, by um, government. Uh, we're continuing just to tweak at the edges uh, what is the real need in the sector. Yeah, it needs some courageous leadership in there, Absolutely, eh? yeah. I mean, we were, we were fortunate to have um, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern out here in May, March this year. Yep. 
Um, and it was cool to be able to ask her some of those questions like straight up. Yeah. And it sounds like she's, I mean, she she had she was a bit of a DJ, eh? She's yep. got a creative background herself and it sounds mm. like she's really keen to support it. Um, but you got to see that kind of filter down. I mean, what did you think about the workshop that we had talking? I mean, we spent half a day talking about a tiny little piece of this new policy they want to yes. bring in. For someone that, for me, it's the first time I've been there, so I don't have anything yep. to compare it against. But for you, do you feel hopeful that it might swing back around? Uh, frankly, I I would see that the focus of that discussion is, is very much tweaking the edges mm. and it's not actually looking long-term at a significant initiative that's going to actually shift the whole way we're working. Uh, if you look at what's happening in the UK, for the last 10 years they've had a really broad and deep strategy to develop the creative industries at every level from internships right through the programs at secondary school right through to university and out through into industry we don't have that so the main focus of that day was looking at what initiative mch could enact uh, across new zealand to support the development of creatives the trouble is, is that you can't develop the potential of creatives as a sole focus. It, it's got to be looked at in the big picture, that yeah. triangular approach, as I said. You've got to look at government and you've got to look at industry and you've got to look at the creatives and how the three are tied together. And that is not what I see happening. The whole thing of internships is just put on the back burner too hard. And we're just left tweaking the edges still. Yeah, yeah. In my view. Yeah, totally. Okay, so some like practical things. So if if um, we had a bunch of creatives sitting in front of us or listening in on this podcast right now and they want to know, it's 2019, I am a creative, I want to make a career as a creative, how do I do that? What would you say to them? They've got some skill, um, they've got a craft, what should they do? Where do they find the money from? What's what's your best advice right now? Well, my first question is what particular aspect of uh, the creative sector are they looking for employment in? Because my answer would vary according to that. So, for example, if you're talking about musicians or audio engineers or something else like that, um, I would be saying that one of the things that you need to be looking at is make sure you get some strong foundation upon which to base your practice and that could either be at a tertiary uh, level or at you know real hard work learning uh, hands-on the second thing is you need to go into that realizing that uh, this is more than likely for the most of your life going to be a mixed employment approach you're not going to gain enough income from this particular work to be of significant to sustain you a lifeline lifetime you're going to need to look at other employment to support that the mixed employment model if you're looking at uh, someone in more the digital area uh, you need to really be pretty much uh, knowing you're at the top of your game or likely to be there once you've done your studies in order to find an entry into the existing market out there of employment the, the reality is is that the, the news is not 
really, really good for creatives in New Zealand right across every sector because it is an undernourished, underfunded, undersupported with little strategy from government and industry that embraces creatives. It's very siloed and it's got a glass ceiling to it, whereas once you've managed to break through, you seem to find your place there okay, but, you know, that glass ceiling is pretty thick and it's pretty hard for someone trying to come through to break through into that. Yeah. Well, thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I mean, that's... <laughs> You know, that, that is the reality. It, it, is, it, is, it, it is, is hard. It is a harsh reality. It and is. I understand that mixed model myself. I mean, my love, my craft is photography and I do a bit of painting as well. And there's this part within me that just wishes that I could just do that all the time, that I could tell stories, visual stories um, and make a living off that. But my reality is I can't. And so here I am finding myself running a business yeah. that's a, is property essentially um, and I still have the in the back of my mind that this is a means to an end for me. I'm not passionate about property at all, mm. but I'm passionate about having a, a lifestyle that is not broke. Yep. Um, and I'm passionate about helping people, and I can do that through managing facilities. Yeah. Um, but I still have that that dream within me that one day I'll get to a point where creating is all that I do. Yeah. Um, not all of this other stuff. But I think one thing that excites me, I suppose, within this kind of bleak outlook is the potential for um, digital platforms and the connectivity globally to democratise yep. creativity and how you, there is, I, I suppose, an opportunity to revolt against the current system mm. and just get creativity, Aotearoa's stories and creativity to the world in other ways that yep. that the, I guess the government isn't funding. And I suppose there might be a focus more on the industry side of, of what, you, what you're talking about. But you got any thoughts on that? Well, the counter to what I've just finished saying, there are lots of success stories out there mm. of ordinary people, uh, ordinary creatives who have found significant journeys and pathways there. And maybe I can give you a couple of illustrations that maybe respond to what you said and indicate how we see it on a practical day-to-day -day basis working within yeah, our choice. environment. So we run an employment program under contract to MSD. Where we work with unemployed creatives across all the sectors and help them to identify a pathway to the realisation of their creative goals and aspirations. And one of the models that I see working the most effectively both here and long term and even going overseas is what I call the staircase approach. So uh, here are two creators I'll tell you the story about. The first one is Shelby who graduated from AUT with a degree in arts and arts administration and she's also a visual artist as well and she came on our program and looked for employment in that area, but was unable to find it in Auckland or even outside the region. So we said to her, okay, what is a staircase approach into this? Okay, you want to work in the arts and creatively. What skills do you bring to that already? So she worked extensively previously in the hospitality trade. And so we're able to identify that the, um, the EDGE, uh, Auckland event centres, had need for events, hospitality people. Now, it looked like she was going backwards, but in actual fact, she's going forward. If you think that she was moving from a cafe into an art sector, performance center in hospitality, then also who is her employer? Auckland Council. 
what else does Auckland Council have in their portfolio, Auckland Gallery? Mm. As soon as she got the job there, within six months, she's working at Auckland Art Gallery as a gallery guide. And then from there, she was assistant events manager and then events manager. And the most recent conversation I had with her, she is now working down at Govet Brewster in New Plymouth in a curatorial role there. Awesome. All right. So that's about a seven-year journey, mm. but that's kind of an approach. So one has to have be very flexible, adaptable, and look at entry points in there that you can take forward what you have but what you can gain and open them up. Uh, another young woman, Yona Lee, who is just overseas with an exhibition, at the moment graduated from Auckland University, felt totally lost. And she's very much in uh, installation, working within metal. And she, on our program, worked with us to look at what connections had she made with people in the industry previously. And she knew the uh, curator down at Cavette Brewster. So we said to her, hey, get in touch with us, say, can I have an exhibition? And she did. And she was given the glass window back in the old Cavette Brewster building. And she had the exhibition there called Constrained Organism. She recently has been lecturing and tutoring at Elam and had a internship or a residency overseas in Korea. She's from Korea and she's now got a large installation in some city in, I think, Europe. I just can't remember where. So there's lots of pathways here, but it takes time. It takes a lot of focus and effort and patience to get there. Um, and we see that repeated across many sectors, you know, frequently. Yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate your advice there, Lynn. We're going to take a short little break. We'll be back real soon. Looking for a cool space to work or a legit venue for your next event? Everything you need is here at Te Hao Monaco. Located in the heart of Monaco City, a hop, skip and a jump from the Monaco bus and train station. We've got super fast Wi-Fi, coffee machine, great people and an awesome vibe. Book online at www.teha.nz. Let's go to Teha or Monaco. All right, welcome back. Uh, we've got Lynn here and we're going to talk a little bit now about one of the platforms that he's been developing and released called Revolution Creative. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that, Lynn. What's, what's Revolution Creative? Okay, our passion and our mission behind this endeavour is recognising that there are so many creatives who have low or no profile out there to showcase their work to the world. Uh, they may not have the ability to build a website or their website that they have. Once you have one, how do you get it out there? It's one thing having a website or some profile online, but how do you get it out to the masses? So we wanted to have a tool that brought together all creatives, particularly at that emerging and development level, to have a collective profile to try and break down that silo effect where in one, one website you might see visual artists, another website you might see, graphic designers, whatever else. We want to have a platform that covered all of them. And secondly, we wanted to develop a tool whereby we could market these skills and these creativities to industry, particularly industries like NGOs and SMEs, small medium enterprises, who don't typically think about using creatives. Uh, you know, we know that lots of big organisations, whether Westfield or um, Vodafone or whatever else, they have their own agencies and their own creatives that they bring in there. And usually those people who are well-established, and it's very hard to break into there. 
So our idea was to capture a new market of businesses and showcase the work of creatives to them and say, hey, look, these guys can transform and make a difference in your in your business. So that was the 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 mission or the passion behind the site. Yeah, awesome. And so if people are keen, so there's a, it's for creatives and for people looking for creatives, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's got two sides to it. So if you're a creative any any in any area, you can go onto the site and put your profile up, which is a short statement about what your your creative signature is, what makes you distinctive, what is there about you that you feel that you'd like to take uh, to market, your unique, unique selling point, USP, and then examples of your work there. And then we uh, let businesses and NGOs and other organisations know that they can find creatives to do work for them on an employment, a contract, whatever basis, by putting up what's called a call-out. So they put a posting up there. So, for example, if I want someone to do a graphic design for me for a poster, I'd put up a call-out, a brief there, and every person who'd registered as a graphic designer will receive an email to say, this company is looking for a graphic designer, and you put up a proposal in response to that brief. The company looks at that and can select that, and then you get paid by that company. The site takes no money or commission from either the employer or the creative at this stage. Wow. That's a pretty cool undertaking. It when is. did it launch? It launched back in March as a beta site, and we've just finished its first stage of development. And so we're moving beyond the beta stage to, by the end of this month, should be fully operational at its first stage of development. Awesome. Awesome. And so what was the thing that really drove you to set this up, Lynn? Well, for the last 15, 16 years, as I've been working with creatives, it was seeing creatives having amazing creative work, but not knowing how to market it. Most mm. creatives are not either skilled through training or have an innate passion to work as business people. Their focus is very much in that creative area. So they need that support. So a platform like this was a means to provide that for them. Secondly, looking at so many industries out there that could be so advantaged by creatives. You know, so many industries might send out e-news or put something up on their website about themselves. And imagine the difference if they had a short video clip or some sort of animation on their e-news or something else that just lifted the game of what they're doing and its attention. I mean, we just know how much is happening in that whole social media area these days. And you've got to be smart and do things that are capturing to really engage your potential business audience. And that's what creators can do. Um, and so really there's a big education need to bring these businesses and NGOs online to actually you know, see the advantage of doing this. And this is where we see would grow the creative industry. It's not like trying to tap into the existing business that is out there by the big businesses already that everyone is scrambling for, but it's developing a whole new strata of business for creatives, which at the moment is not there. I mean, it's a big goal. It's a big dream but we like having big dreams mm -hmm. and it's going to be damn hard, no doubt, to get there. And at the moment, we're just about to embark on a 
significant what's called um, industry product investigation or product industry, product industry investigation. That's what my um, team tells it, me it is. And so we're doing some research with all the potential stakeholders we've been working with to see how well we're doing, where the gaps are, and how we might make this thing work better uh, for creatives as well as employers. And that, that'll lead us to the next stage of the development and the next build of the site. Uh, I mean, for example, you know, Trade Me, you know, was years in its making before it arrived anywhere near to where it is today. Um, I think in its first day of operation, it may have had one or two transactions on it. So these sort of new initiatives take time to evolve and develop and find their particular form. That's right. But it's it's people like you that are willing to take those big dreams, eh, and turn them into reality. So good on you. Yeah. Have you, um, like in the time yeah. that it's been operating, have you been able to notice any kind of new trends in the type of creative work that people are looking for? Certainly the digital area is a big one. Uh, there is, I mean, when I look at on our ArtSay program, which is the one we work with unemployment, uh, unemployed people on, the mix of that group has changed hugely in the last 10 years. I mean, 10 years ago, we may have had 30 or 40 musicians on it, 30 or 40 visual artists and a few graphic designers and next to no digital people. Now, uh, the majority of our clients are in some way related to that more disruptive technology, as we call it, the digital one. And so that's that digital work, whether it's animation or illustration or design, um, website development, software, that area there, that's the main area of traffic um, that we're seeing on there at the moment. Yeah, makes sense, eh? Yeah. That's where everyone's going. All right, well, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Great. Um, I don't know if there was anything that you wanted to add or anything that you wanted to to ask? Well, we just love being able to connect with um, people like yourself, Manuel, down here at Ngāhere Communities, because, um, you know, we see that Auckland needs these sort of centres where creatives can find a sense of identity mm. and a connection, where there are people like yourself who, who see the opportunity and see the challenges and needs, and you know you're, you're active in lobbying and, uh, you know, doing what you can to bring a difference here. So congratulations on your efforts here. Well done. Awesome. Thanks so much and thanks for coming. Then it was awesome to have you. Um, yeah, see you later. Will do. Thanks so much for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear back from you. So why don't you connect with us, look for us, Ngahere Communities on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on Ngahere Talks. Kia pai tora.